0: propaganda really took control of the media and took control of um, you know the public eye, and it created kind of a 1974 type of...
1: or 1984 type of... Uh, okay,
2: but wait a minute, wait time. a minute, wait a minute. I thought Jews... Well, that a good, well
1: that's a good point she no. was making. She dropped no. 1984 on us. Oh, I okay,
2: but that. no, wait a minute, but wait a minute. But I, I thought the Jews controlled the media.
1: Well, that's the,
0: the best stereotype that um, most... People seem to have. I mean, I've been called a
1: grammar Nazi before, and I've been told that that's ironic. Uh, for me, that's not ironic. then. Oh, it's oxymoronic, is what it is. <laughs> right. Okay. So, yeah. grammar Nazi. That's a good. That's a good word. I'm gonna use yeah. that. I'm gonna use that's that. Like, on. Is that like the soup Nazi? <laughs> that's fantastic. So, uh, uh, what actually provokes that is when you're blogging or when you're interviewed in an, uh, in a newspaper? Is it the very journalist or? Um, I was.
0: I was making my own free speech on my Facebook profile, and um, a, a girl who was insulting me decided to use um, improper English. And she, I said, "Why are you, why are you offending me um, in an illiterate way?" And oh. she said, "Oh, how ironic! You being a grammar Nazi."
2: Oh come on! Oh my
1: God, that's a, it. Yeah, I do notice that liberals, when they can't beat you on the subject matter. What they'll do is uh, they'll criticize your syntax or abbreviation. Yeah, make or miss- a personal
2: ad hominem attack.
1: Yeah, sometimes I'm blogging on my phone and I get my, you know, I get the text. I'll admit I, I'm a typo freak. I really have to proofread several times oh, yeah. before I actually let it go. But sometimes I'm in a hurry and I'm, I'm more interested in making the point than I am be- having perfect grammar, and I let yeah. it rip. And uh, you know, people, you know, to criticize people's grammar. Uh, instead of arguing the points, it's kind of shallow, and liberals are are the queens uh, of shallow.
2: Sophia, what was the point about uh, George Orwell's 1984?
0: Well, it's kind of like a predecessor to what um, a society can be overcome with and how societies can become, can adapt, rather, to...
1: Being submissive. Yeah,
0: exactly. 1984 was all about becoming submissive to, you know, Big Brother and, and making...
2: Yeah, follow follow the herd mentality. But exactly what, so are Jews more that's susceptible that's to exactly that? that? Are Jews more susceptible to that?
0: You know what, I, I I don't think that they're more susceptible. I think that within Judaism, though, we, we strive for Tikkun Olam, which is to repair the world. Oh,
2: come on. No,
1: they're that's very successful at that. Really? Well, think about it. They're what have the they repaired? Of, well, they, they're the kings and queens of philanthropy. That's something to Well, that's said. good. Well, well
0: you, Judaism revolves around philanthropy, and, and we believe in tikkun olam, which is to repair the world. And so um, even if a Jew doesn't believe in God necessarily, they believe that they, it's their duty to repair the world. And I think that some Jews have taken the word tzedek, which means justice, um, and they've turned it into social justice, and so they've decided that social justice can be however they choose it to be. And unfortunately, we see a lot of Jews who have disaffiliated with God. And what? so when you have a society that revolves around God, um, that now denies God, you you don't really have a purpose. And so there's a huge self-identity problem within the Jewish faith, um, because... When you lose your identity with God, you kind of lose every identity you have, which is why there are so many Jews that are anti-Israel now. Well, it's, um, but
2: it, but wait a minute. Let's go back to this. The the sure. Jews were originally the chosen people of our Creator, and so Correct. now you're saying that a lot of Jews in America no longer believe in our Creator, so they're going Correct. around trying to do social justice or justice without a Creator. You know, philanthropy well, without, without
3: God.
0: Creator, who do you, who do you have the answer to? I y- mean, if you have, they want to call everything a social construct. Everything to them is a social construct, and you know, gender is a social construct. And when gender is a social construct, there is no definitive gender. Right. God is a social construct. There's no there's no actual creator. Right. And so when you get rid of structure, you start to make nonsense out of things, and uh,
2: well, it's really, tough-
0: you know, we're we're called. We're called Nazis, and we're called xenophobes, and we're called racists. Right. And my question is, and they always want to preach unity, right? You always hear them say, let's unify. We need to unite. Baloney. And, and imagine if we told them, okay, well, if you want unity, then unite with the same people you're saying are racist. Sexist. Do you want to unite with us, or do you not want to? So it's only unification when it's their topic. When it's yeah, racist, the, same, right? the people
1: of the same ilk.
2: Well, you know, Dostoevsky wrote in Brothers Karamazov that if God is dead, then everything is permitted. So that's exactly. what you're seeing today.
1: Exactly. Well, there's also another issue, which is simple laziness, intellectual uh, laziness, uh, allows you to not have an excuse to not have obedience or sacrifice, and boom, when yeah, you don't have. But, you're not obedient to anything yeah, or sacrifice for right. anything. I mean, every time I have to go to church, I know that I got to shower, shave, be on time. And sometimes I know what I'm going to get, which is uh, a lethargic priest, you know, uh, spitting out dogma to me. And yet, I'm. You should go
2: to Christ's Journey. That's got a great uh, sermon every weekend.
1: Now, I have other issues since I'm a Catholic with Protestants, and uh, Ed's a Protestant and I'm a Catholic. So I always have to jostle with him just out of uh, delivery. I, the, the problem I have with uh, Protestant churches is that it, there's too much entertainment involved in the the, the gospel. In other words, yes. music, uh, high-paid high <laughs> lecturers. So it kind of becomes a capitalist It's a phase. show. It's a show. It's a show. Yes. So I have a problem with that as well. But, you know, I never let go of my faith because I know that there's something that occurred here in this country under Judeo-Christian philosophies and Judeo being the Jewish part and the Christian being the Christian part, we were just fine. But when we started uh when we, you know, lost the Engels case at the Supreme Court with the school prayer, I knew that the next generation was slowly but surely going into a dark hole. And now right. we're there because you saw it with Ocasio Cortez. That's that's a dark hole person who was a bartender and now a congressman and everybody's promoting her. And if you keep on promoting her, you're going to do what Fox News is doing with Cortez, is what the CNN has done with Trump. You don't right. promote, you don't promote these people. They get more and more popular on less and less substance. Yeah. And in the right. case of Trump, he was an elder man who's been through ups and downs in his life, so he's turned out to be a fantastic, a fantastic leader of a movement of changing people's minds about liberalism. And liberalism has got a, a real big issue. I want to ask you this question. I, I'm assuming you're much younger than I. So you might not I'm huh? oh, oh my
2: god, 20. Are uh, uh, you Oh
1: my god, you've only seen like two sunsets. Okay, wait a second. Uh there <laughs> is you... <laughs> Really? Oh my god, I'm already a half a century. So do you know about Tammany uh Tenmin Hall in New York and and, and to, in some respects uh those so you
2: think that Jews are Democrats because they got municipal jobs from in New York City a hundred years
1: ago? Absolutely, and also in the meat and the and yeah, meats and canneries, those people made them progressives. It was at the same time. It makes sense that jews thought about their job first they struggled enough uh yeah coming but to America. today
2: jews are leaders in business and the profession but,
1: but they're still liberals
2: no but it's so it's not because they need a job from city hall there's something else and i think what she has said well, is well,
1: i'm not implying that hundred years later you have the same right. reason for it to be so but telling hall doesn't exist anymore right but her point well, well, they're,
0: is they're also not liberals we, we keep using the word liberal to identify these people
1: they're leftists right
0: but liberalism is is to be free, uh, is to be open for free thought and free markets and you know conversation. But
2: that Sophia, let me ask you a question. Rules. Let's go back to where we, we were, which is why you know the, you're right. The Jews don't are mostly secular today. Uh, Reform yeah. Judaism. When you go to the sermons, they're really political speeches. Uh, right. Okay. So, but why is if that? You why have Jews...
0: If you go to a religious congregation, they are very pro-Trump. They're very pro-America. Right. Um,
2: so okay. So why did so many Jews be, in America become so secular? Why did they? Why don't they want to have anything to do with Yahweh? Well, they don't want to go to
3: temples.
0: Huge. I think a huge problem was um, FDR. Um, a lot of Jews switched um, from from Republican to Democrat.
1: Um, At the same time, the blacks did. Right?
2: Yeah, right. but the blacks did because of uh, welfare benefits provided by the New Deal. Why Correct. did the Jews but, do but it?
0: We forget. We forget that our Republican president, Abraham Lincoln, was the one who freed the slaves. Right. And they forget this. They forget that the Republican Party has always been in favor of minorities and in favor of of equality within within our structure and, and equal opportunity for everyone.
1: Yeah, right. but but in the case of Jews, it wasn't really a minority. It's much, it was much more a sentiment. Well, Jews were not
2: allowed into places like the right. Ivy League schools.
1: Right. Okay, so so this Tanami Hall uh, idea is becoming more and more uh, valuable and more and more, and more true. Because the political technicals to make life easier when life is more yeah, difficult. Yeah,
2: but the, the Jews are well beyond that. They're leaders in business and the profession. They don't need municipal jobs anymore. Uh, yeah,
1: well, Tanami Hall doesn't exist anymore. Question. I'm just saying that that's where their allegiance came to the, uh, uh, the Democratic Party. Okay, Sophia. So why? The
0: question shouldn't be what, why are the why did the Jews switch from you know Republican to Democrat? It should be like what what's the next step? What do we do now? Because. Well, so many jews are are on the left so many jews you know have lost faith in god and and no longer follow any cultural systematic way to judaism um and there needs to be like what candace did and what we're now going to launch through turning point which is Jexodus, the Jewish exit from the Democrat Party.
2: Good. Um, okay. but we, but let's go back need to
0: expose it.
2: right. But let's go back to why are Jews so secular? Why have they moved away from God so much? Because, you know, for example, one of the so-called proofs of the existence of God from the Christian point of view is the existence of the Jews. Here is a people unique in world history that has kept its family structure and ext- language, extended family their language their writings their family history the good stuff and the bad stuff for right. 3400 and more years and so that is unprecedented certainly yeah. west of the Indus River and even, even really in world history nobody else has that kind of track record so one argument that the Christian pastors have made is that the, exist- the very existence of the Jews proves that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lives because he keeps his promise.
0: Right. Well, we... I, I think the well... issue is a lot of Jews um, disaffiliated with God after the Holocaust, oh. um, and I think that it was very difficult to to believe in a God at that point, to To have your faith tested, and so our grandparents didn't teach their children because you know they weren't. That wasn't a huge morality behind them. Was not, you know.
1: Well, they probably suffered so
2: much because of their faith
1: that perhaps
2: they yeah, felt but American Jews were not hit by the Holocaust.
1: No, but no, they, they, they a fled. A lot
0: of Jews migrated from right. European states to America.
2: Yep.
1: Exactly, so so I would see that uh, wearing their faith on their sleeve. Uh, but you know, I
2: I don't want to be like Hannah Arendt, who got in trouble for suggesting this, and she backed away. So I'm going to be brave. Uh, the Jews contributed to the secularization of Europe, which is what gave us the Nazis and the Holocaust. Uh, starting with Karl Marx, he was an anti-Semite of the first order, and he was a son of a rabbi.
1: Yes. Well,
2: so. Yeah,
0: he was, uh, Jews. Right. Yeah. Um,
2: so my point is, the Jews, common, the, the the Jews contributed to the to the Holocaust, the conditions in Europe and in Germany that made them more secular. See, the problem with the Europeans is that if if you take away their Christianity, their Christian spray paint, they go back to being pagan barbarians, like the Nordic gods, and that's what the Nazis did. They you know, well, they, the
0: Jews at the time didn't want to be referred to as Jews who right. were. You know, Polish or Jews are right. German. Yeah, they, they wanted to be considered Polish right. or
2: German. In Judaism. Right, they well, thought they were Maybe
1: that's the answer right there, because they're doing the same thing in America. They don't want to be known as Jewish Americans. They just want to be known as Americans.
2: No, but see, in in Germany that was different, because what happened was the Germans, once they stopped being Christians, went back to their Germanic Nordic roots and said. Blood and soil is what makes a nation, and the Jews have the wrong blood. So let's kill them all, and thereby prove that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob doesn't exist. That's the logic of the Holocaust. Hitler had wanted to kill every Jew to show that God doesn't exist. Am I wrong?
0: That that is that is a reason why you know so many so many religious people. Stopped becoming religious because there was this idea that swept society that you know God hasn't fulfilled the promises that, that you believe God
2: has right. God let you down. how could God let this happen?
1: Yeah most people right. most people that I speak to on the left that when we start talking about religion they clearly state look how many wars we've had because right. of religion. so isn't it time that we stop being so religious? And I said absolutely not. What's gonna get
2: you That's the logic of the European Union let's stop being religious I mean if
1: without 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 our faith what keeps us from paying in 30 60 and 90 day uh, credit lines if we have no right. conscience and let's su-
0: remember we, I mean we as people have free will I mean we are able to create and do as we please. And it's not in God's name. I mean, we're doing this as a free society. And um, people like to associate war with religion when really it's just individuals' ideas against other individuals' ideas.
1: Um, yeah, once nations, not- um, what's the, uh, the famous, um, in BC, there was a, uh, a famous prophet who said uh, it's a theory about nations, right before they go to war, there's certain. Uh, Actions and reactions that occur just based on statements, the wrong statements at the wrong time, and mm-hmm. military movements uh, that just suggest war end up creating the actual war, and that mm-hmm. really has nothing to do with faith. It has to do with just Correct. big old, big old egos. So, what is it that Turning Point USA has presently has uh, planned for the young twenty-something Jew to bring him into the conservative fold? Right, we're we're
0: launching our our Jexodus. Um, we're going to be hosting a young Jewish leadership summit in July of this year at the Museum of the Bible in Washington DC.
1: Oh, and that's a magnificent uh, museum. I was told that it was just absolutely mind-boggling.
2: Yep, I couldn't yeah, get in. I was there. It's incredible. It, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, what's really amazing is that Obama didn't get in anybody's way as that thing was the money was being raised and it, uh, I believe it commenced some uh, a few time, a few well, months it was, after it, 9/11. The,
2: the, the biggest sponsor was um, the Hobby the Lobby Heroes group. Project.
1: Yeah, it's amazing that Obama didn't didn't say a word. Well, and he let it proceed. Well, it's and, interesting
0: what happens when privatized companies are able to pay for things like that. Yep. Um, when it's not government dictated, things get to work a little more smoothly.
1: Who was well, the president that actually gave them the footprint to build the building there on the mall?
0: Um, that was the that was the Philos project. They're a group of evangelical Christians.
2: Right
1: so it was what administration signed off on? I don't think on? the
2: administration had to sign off. or oh, just it's the not park service? The mall. No, nearby. it was
0: just it was privatized. It right. wasn't um, the administration that had to sign off on it. Also, right. it's not it's, it's not, not a
2: government museum.
1: Oh, it's not, it's not, it doesn't face the mall at all?
2: It's not Smithsonian. It's a private no, sector it's museum. it's not
1: associated with the mall. Right. Oh, wow. It's that's, near
2: the mall, but it's oh, a private I'm glad museum. Oh, i for
1: the education. So it's, does it face the mall? It's in the proximity of the mall or no? Yeah.
0: It's very close. It's very close. It's like right, right as the border crosses um, is where the Museum of the Bible is.
1: Oh, fantastic! So, yeah, well, that, that's, well, uh, that's that's kind of I hope you things. can talk
2: some sense because let me give you an example. For example, I think most Jews are very much uh, for gun control in America. Uh, Isn't
0: but, that crazy? Yeah. Totally. So
2: what happened at Crystal Night? Just think, if the Jewish shopkeepers had had some shotguns or AR-15s, they could have defended themselves like the Korean shopkeepers in Los Angeles during the Rodney King riots were able right. to keep the rioters at yeah, an AR-15. They, with an AR-15. <laughs> She stood on that
1: roof and took down a whole block.
2: (laughs) The first
0: thing they took from the Jews were their guns. That was the first thing that they took Right in in Nazi Germany. Um, And so the Jews... To this day. They had (laughs) nothing to defend themselves against the government.
1: Unbelievable. And they're they're anti-gun even today. Well, I think the problem
2: is they worship the state. They worship Caesar instead of Yahweh.
1: And so...
0: and if you, if you look at Caesar, he also had
1: armed guards. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean... <laughs> oh, no, that's exactly how he collected yeah. his taxes. Well, <laughs> the same thing is
2: happening in France. Uh, Jews are leaving France because they're being attacked by Muslims, and they're not allowed to have firearms Daily. in France.
0: Daily, they are. And, you know, in Israel, the Jews all are armed. And a lot... Uh, there, there aren't really issues with guns in Israel.
3: Okay, which yeah.
1: Well, they're the the sexiest thing I've ever seen in Israel is uh, two beautiful Israeli girls in bikinis with their rifles oh over their shoulders. That's really sexy, and they plant them into the sand and they enjoy the sun. And if anything gets crazy, they they lock and load. It's a really that's right. I love to see the uh, uh, Rambo's in bikinis. That's quite a sight. But yeah, that's, that's uh, how Israel, it is in Israel. Yeah, and uh, Israel. It, the rule is that you can you can take your rifle anywhere.
4: Um,
0: You you can't take it into super religious sites, um, and there's usually a sign out that will say, this is a holy site, Um, so if an arms guard is with you, they have to stand outside of the spot, but there aren't very many places that you are not allowed to bring a gun into.
1: So in other words, you leave it in your car, or if you're walking, they have a place for you to put your rifle so you can go to the holy site?
0: No, you, you have to wait outside with your, with your weapon. You oh, can't. so you
1: can't go at all. Can, there's no,
2: like, rifle no. check. There's no rifle check at Will Call.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they won't rifle check it either because you are in charge of your gun at all times. Nobody can be in charge of your gun other than you.
1: Now, do you have oh, normal concealed carry, or is it only the rifle that you can carry around? Can you carry I don't them? think they have concealed. Just well, a... they,
0: they also have individuals who have their guns, but... um. The army is really the one who um, gives them that. So if I
1: were to move to Israel as an American citizen, could I just buy a weapon and and get a concealed weapons permit and just have it on my on my you waist could. all the time, or uh, would I have a you problem? Could
0: get, you could get a, con, a concealed weapon permit, um, but, it, I mean, if you're an Israeli and you are in the army, you obviously have your weapon all the as well. Yeah, it's kind of like a, Switzerland. you're a medic, you have it as well.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. Because kind of- if I were to live in Israel, which believe me, it crossed my mind a couple of times to to move to Tel Aviv or just have a place there to go all the time. Because I, you know, it's a bucket list thing for me. I, I still haven't done it, and I want to do it. And I'm getting older, and it's just it comes a time where
0: it's now.
1: Yeah, the time is now, and unfortunately, life takes takes the truer path, which is you know t- caring for my mother with Alzheimer's. So I have to wait until she, um, you know, passes. And uh, I think that's the first thing I'm going to do, because you know what I really want to do? And maybe you would tell me what I'm going to find. I would like to walk from Jerusalem to a, um, uh, the, the town of Emmaus that I believe right. may or not even exist anymore. Uh, I, I think it does. But... Uh, and uh, someone told me it's, it's quite a Muslim town now. So, Could be. Uh, yeah,
0: well, Bethlehem is also a Muslim town. Um, Nazareth uh, is, is, has Muslims as well um but Bethlehem is one of those places that you know it's it's almost a little bit dangerous to go in there so if if you want to go to Bethlehem as a Jew or a Christian you have to completely change insurances um transportation you can't go in there without um a whole new set of credentials
1: unbelievable and then yeah. uh, the town of the town of Emmaus is also a a bonafide town or, or is it like they said uh AM M A U S. Have you even heard of this town? It's six miles out of Jerusalem. Because us Catholics, we're supposed to walk it. Wow. It,
0: it may be, but it, it, there's a there's an area where the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is, and that is a a very important Christian and Catholic area. There are. Um, designated Catholic sites, there are designated Christian sites, and it really just depends on, you know, what you as a as a follower of Christ believe in, uh, because there are two there are two sides.
1: To, yeah, like, the Greek Orthodox and the Catholic. Roman Catholic.
0: Correct, yeah. So it, it dependent on what you specifically believe, um, and the locations vary in terms of that um we take our students to the church of the holy sepulcher and we walk the path that um jesus walked and they we have tour guides to explain it to them and explain kind of the roots that are differing and how they are similar um we give them like a 360 look
1: at it well the that was our final comment is um uh... We we got another call coming, so we gotta let you go. So are uh, you gonna call us back? Uh, we uh, we're here every yeah. every Monday, five to seven, and we're the concrete conservatives. And we'll,
2: we look forward to seeing you on the Turning Point USA event. I think that is a very important organization. Uh, it recognizes oh that politics is downstream from culture, so you work on the culture and you work on culture for oh, here's millennials. A final
1: comment. Uh, so what's going down with Candace falling in love so fast like that? We were all trying to fall in love with her, and then she just ran off with Farmer. Okay. What's going on?
0: I know. She's engaged now. Well, I, I Unbelievable.
2: Have. You're out of luck, Manny.
1: Yeah, what can I say? You know, 15, what, she's 20, old. what, yeah. 27? Same age as my son, my Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah I've got a son that age. So. Yep.
2: so it's great that Turning Point USA is reaching out to this new generation.
1: Well, thank well, you. We're, we're
0: happy to do so. We'll keep fighting the fight.
1: Thank, Thank you very you. much. Take care.
0: Thank you.
1: Bye-bye. Yeah, there's well, there's always hope every time I speak to Tony, uh, the Turning Point people. Yeah, very um, dynamic. And it's uh, it's really a model of what I want my kids to be like, you know. And I think I'm getting there because my son is uh, being an attorney, you know, Jew. He's, He's registered-, registered Republican. All oh, right. right. Oh, so a, that's number six. I said that yeah, was. Yeah, we're making a list, And I was yes. just keeping it to myself. Oh, okay. But uh, mine, I, I had, I worked on him at three years of age. I was oh, already okay. pounding Great. politics into his head. My daughter the same. Poor guy. Okay. She sent me, you know, uh, my daughter's already sending me the Hillary memes, you know. So our second caller here. Well,
2: let's see who that is.
1: You're listening to WSQF 94.5. You're with the Concrete Conservatives. Who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? Because you are live on the radio.
5: Ed, this is Alan Bergstein. I'm calling in on your. Uh, I'm from the Judeo Christian Republican Club of Palm Beach County.
2: What a name, huh? Great, thank you very much, Alan. Welcome, Alan. So we're we're trying to figure out. We're giving, uh, as you know, we yesterday was National Holocaust Remembrance Day, right. and we wanted to have a program, and we asked uh, some conservative Jews in Florida to call in. And our question is, and you might have heard it from the prior conversation, is really why are Jews so, uh, so much on the socialist progressive side in America? Uh, I think the answer we've gotten so far is that it's, it's mostly because they've become so secular. They have nothing to do with Yahweh uh, from the Old Testament or the Torah. And I wonder if you, if you share that view.
5: Well, it has nothing to do with the Torah. This is a a modern disaster for the Jews. Um, In order to to give you a total explanation, it would require a a master's degree, basically a 30-credit course, But uh, simplistically, Jews came here in the early 1900s from Eastern Europe, from Poland and from Russia. They were treated absolutely cruelly by the government. They came here penniless, they came here uh, seeking jobs, they came here seeking security, and they viewed our government, uh, similarly to the Polish and the Russian governments, as hostile to them. And then they fell into the union movement, the the socialist, progressive communist union movement, which embraced them like family, and uh, they followed the precepts of socialism, which was the Democrat Party, and uh, this is the simplistic reason why they are now progressive Jews. It doesn't make sense why they still are, because they're probably the most successful minority in the country uh, wealth-wise, job-wise, education-wise, security-wise, and why they still hang on to the progressive movement is is basically... Uh, A horror, and it's a big question. There's no answer to it.
2: Okay, but but if you go back, I think you're right in your analysis, but if you go back to the 1960s and 70s, when I was in college, there was a publication, mostly published by Jews, uh, that was called The Public Interest. And they said, these were neoconservatives, they said they started out as liberals, but they had been mugged by reality. And so they became much more conservative, and they adopted a lot of the—they laid the groundwork for a lot of the Reagan revolution in 1980, the supply-side economics, and all the other conservative advances of Reagan. Uh, And that was laid by a lot of Jewish intellectuals who had been liberals, but they came around. So my question for you is, why is it that the great majority of Jews today, who, as you said, are very successful business and professional people, why is it that reality hasn't caused them to come around? In fact, they're fleeing from reality uh, with their not only economic views, but their cultural views.
5: Well, uh, again, it's a simple answer. Jewish political intelligence is an oxymoron. They have not yet extricated themselves from the one-bathroom, a two-bedroom apartment that I had in Brooklyn. I was raised by a communist father who was a waiter in New York City. We were penniless. I had one pair of shoes. I had one pair of sneakers. These people who live in gated, guarded, walled communities all around South Florida, in my neighborhood of Boca and Delray Beach and Boynton, they still live in that same political mentality that they were raised in but yet they are affluent it's an incredible situation so it's a, it's a, po- a mystery it's it- a mystery to me and it's a mystery to everyone else
2: it's a political shuttle
5: yeah they're schmeckles they're schmucks they're idiots they're uh, basically basically i talk to groups on a weekly basis jewish groups yep and I talked to them. They're affluent. I could not afford. I'm a retired New York City school principal, a junior high principal from the Bronx. Okay. I could not afford to live in these communities. And these people are literally living socialists and communists. But Wonderful. yet they are not willing uh, to, redistrib- <laughs> to redistribute their own income. They want other people to redistribute. Well, now wait,
2: but uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is going to redistribute everyone's income, right?
5: Well, she's also a hypocrite. She was raised in an affluent section of Westchester right. County. Her father was an architect, but people voted for her because they're, they're looking to live out of dumpsters, like in Nic- like in Venezuela. Right. People say, "I want to line up for a dumpster for my dinner." This is absolutely idiotic.
1: Well, I think it's also idiotic to keep on talking about her and promoting her and making her the making her the blood the bunt but- of our jokes. I think she should just be ignored, and uh, let her just fade away in a couple of years. A a
2: couple of weeks ago, I suggested that she should be appointed by Trump as ambassador-at-large to Venezuela.
1: To to Baghdad.
2: Well, no, no, to Venezuela to report back. Uh, But now I think we have Elliot Abrams is handling that job, so I'm sure he'll do a much better job. Who was
1: the original uh, creator of the Gitmo Free Zone idea for another day. Good guy. Yes. Uh, If uh, if the
5: were appointed, ambassador, I want her— I would want her to live like the normal Venezuelans, right. not in our, our counselor general's building. I right. want her to live like the normal people, and I want her to eat like the normal people, not like a typical ambassador from Africa who lives on 42nd Street and 1st Avenue.
1: Now, right. when you uh, uh, when you were teaching in the school districts, uh, you feel that uh, the, the school system has something to do with the education that the average Jew got in New York, and to make them this way, or do you believe that the school system, unlike here in Florida, where we blame everything on the school system, do you believe is that the case up in New York? Well, when I was
5: raised uh, in New York City, I did not have Jewish school teachers. I had the Irish uh, women school teachers, and they were strong conservatives. But I didn't know anything about politics then. I was a Jewish umbilical court Democrat. I was raised a Democrat, an umbilical court Democrat. Yeah. But the school system today is uh, the uh, uh, the teachers union, the AFT, American Federation of Teachers, is totally socialist, communist-led by Randy Weingarten. Yeah, she's is, the worst. In New York City, so the teachers are teaching socialism in the schools throughout the country, not only in New York.
1: Yeah, there's a wonderful article, I believe in uh, 1999 or so, by the New York uh, New Yorker magazine, which is kind of left, and uh, they have a great article that I think everyone should read. It's called "Schooled: How Everybody from uh, from Mayor Booker back then stole from uh, Mark Zuckerberg." To try to bring school choice,
2: yeah, yeah. Zuckerberg gave 100 million to uh, New- from to Newark, and nothing happened. Um, Alan, I, I raised, I worked in New York for 26 years. I raised my kids in Scarsdale, Westchester oh, wow. County, very good uh, public schools, but you know, again, very, very liberal, and the community is, has, is like three quarters or more Jewish, and the big issues there were abortion and gun control, and there was total support for any kind of democratic socialist uh, policies, and, I, you know, I, I wonder, how, how is that sustainable? I mean, it— Well, it got
1: improved. There's now Holocaust for, uh, well, for infant children well, in the womb. Well,
2: I'll tell you something that's happened is that uh, in the Tax Reform Act that Trump signed, you can no longer deduct your entire state and local taxes thank god and so
1: that, that kills jersey
5: that kills new york that right. kills connecticut that kills massachusetts right, right. so that, that's pretty that, bold on that Trump's. has
2: caused a 20% reset down in real estate uh, prices in westchester because and
5: and, and rightfully so yep. rightfully so why should i in florida where there is no income tax Why should I support someone in New York City who, uh, if, if they were to take away the state and city taxes, why should I support him for his welfare programs? I don't want welfare programs. I don't have many of them in Florida. Why should I support them?
1: Yeah, they say is because they contribute more in income taxes than the other, no, the no, other 49 no.
2: states. <laughs> now,
5: what, what about uh, the
2: charter school movement? I think uh, Mayor Bloomberg had many flaws, but I think he did support charter schools. And when I was practicing law in New York, I was a, uh, I provided pro bono advice to new charter schools to get them incorporated and get them their tax-exempt status. How do you see the charter schools in New York?
5: I, I love it because, like a conservative, I love competition. Okay. If, if I put out a product and I have no competition, I could end up uh, reducing the quality of my product. But if I have a competitor who keeps improving his product, I have to keep improving my product or I go out of business. Right. The public schools don't have a competition, basically, right. so they could continue hiring illiterate teachers.
2: Right, there's a big, there are big uh, rubber rooms of teachers that can't be allowed to teach, but they can't be fired either. So and just, they get paid. They sit they there, just there just waiting for their ethics yeah. hearings. All right, so what's,
5: what, it, let me. what's scary is you have incompetent teachers teaching in the classroom.
2: Right, that's Forget true. Forget
5: about those in the rubber room. You know, toss them out the window. But you have teachers in New York. You have principals in New York City who are barely literate. I'll be very honest with you. When I was a principal in the South Bronx, and we had meetings, and because of affirmative action, I had to say it, you had uh, black uh, teachers appointed as principals without taking an exam. And these people were basically illiterate. I'll be very honest with
2: you. I agree.
1: Yeah, that's the famous, uh, in the Waiting for Superman, that's the famous lemon dance.
2: We're we're enemies of affirmative action here as well, so I've I've seen it. So let me ask you about, uh, New York City has some... uh, public schools that are really excellent, like Stuyvesant, uh, Brook- oh, Brooklyn Tech. I'm a graduate of Stuyvesant. Great, congratulations. So Stuyvesant, Brooklyn Tech, uh, Bronx Science. Bronx School of Science. Yeah, those are excellent, and they're by uh, testing. For example, David Axelrod um,
5: he, he went to Stuyvesant.
2: Right, and so did Bob Zimmer, the president of the University of Chicago, and Bernie Sanders, another yeah, alum. Well, see, now I don't like he Stuyvesant. went to Brooklyn Tech. They're educating yeah, Axelrod, my God, Madison
5: High School. He never went to Brooklyn Tech. Okay,
2: but my point is that now Mayor De Blasio is changing the admissions requirements, and he's doing away with the testing, which has allowed a lot of poor Asian students to through work and and, and perseverance, get it, get a great education. Apparently, he's going to change it to an affirmative action, quota-based system for admissions. What do you think of that?
5: Well, uh, when I came down here to Florida in 91, I started the Stuyvesant Alumni Association. Okay. I, I left it years later because it became a political organization. Uh, I And I just left the Alumni Association in general, New York, because they did not stand up to uh, this affirmative action plan by Mayor de Blasio. Uh, what what he's doing then is turning uh, these three elite high schools into ordinary crappy high schools. And wh- why should a person stay in New York City? A person moves into the in, into a neighborhood basically because of the schools, right. if he or she is a good parent. Uh, why should I stay in New York City unless I can send my kid to a quality uh, Paid high school like a Catholic high school or what have you. Mm-hmm. This will destroy New York City. He's destroying New York City from the base. That's the base of New York City. He's yep. destroying it.
2: So the only people that will live in New York City are either the super rich who can afford their own private schools, which are fifty thousand, fifty thousand dollars <laughs> a year for, per kid, or and. At That's the top end, and the bottom end are people who don't, who don't care about their kids, who will just send them to whatever mediocre public schools they are, and who are often uh, dependent uh, on government welfare programs of various types.
5: Well, you know what, what about the, the, the couple in New York City that doesn't have a child? Right. I'm sure that uh, the number of children in New York City has dwindled yes. from when I, I and you lived there. You know, these are people who no longer have children. Yeah. But uh, there are many people in New York City, unfortunately, the black and Hispanics, they, they really don't care too much about education, I'll be very honest with you. Yep. They're not concerned.
2: Unfortunately, and, and that's, that's the true.
5: problem. But no see, one is speaking out. Yeah, no one I, is speaking out.
2: The Asians are, are very interested, and that's why they've been so successful. But they're losing out. And as we can see in the Harvard uh, Affirmative Action case, they're discriminated against in Ivy League admissions.
5: Absolutely. When I was in Syverson, I still have my yearbook, about 80% of the graduates were Jewish kids. Now 80% are Asian kids. Yep. I believe in competition. If you're a good ball player, I used to play baseball. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm a good ball player, I'll, I'll get to the major leagues. If I'm not, whether I'm green, blue, black, or yellow, I don't make it to the majors or to the NFL or to the, to the National Basketball Association. I want competition. Why shouldn't there be competition in these three schools? Absolutely. Yes, uh, yeah,
1: uh, it's it's unfathomable to me that we've allowed a lot of people who just don't want to excel to make excuses Uh, for their failure by calling and accusing our capitalist system to having some kind of embedded fix in it.
2: And the educational system, because it's so controlled by teachers' unions, really lends itself to this kind of mediocrity. Well, here's my segue, There you go.
1: Be quiet. Let me tee off. Okay, so here's this scenario I have for you. You've you've been here since 1991. I was the first person in Florida history to fire the uh, parent Florida Parent Empowerment Law here in in the state of Florida, which is the only direct ballot parent trigger law to create a district-run school into a charter school. I hate to use the word charter because it creates uh, immediate rebuttals and objections. So what would you suggest for me? I've been trying to amend this law since 2013 because I had to subject my daughter to a lot of in-class abuse by the teacher because they vote separately from parents at, in the intra-school ballot. But if you win this ballot and I get rid of the teachers, either join us a, in a popular vote or exclude them entirely because uh, you know they would have either power otherwise. What would you suggest I, I do in order to move this along? Because now I have Ron DeSantis in the governor's mansion and I solicited not only his friendship um, early on, uh, back in January of 2016, would you be supportive of amending, I'd like you to look this up because you would be a great spokesman for f- to help us do this so that this could spread to the other 49 states, is to uh, check out state statute, uh, Florida Parent Empowerment Law, State Statute 100233, Clause 3B, in the charter school law in the state of Florida. And I'm just trying to change an and to an or so that we either have no,
2: don't change it. Just get rid of the teacher's voting. Yeah. It well, should be the, a parent the, the, empowerment.
1: Right now it's a it's supposed to be a parent empowerment law, but it, it actually in its function when you actually execute uh the, the the trigger, it's actually a teacher empowerment law and it's very sad. So I wrote a book about it called The Governing School Act and it's on uh you can go to my website too. So if I can encourage you to to, to read it and maybe get back in touch with us because I'm,
5: I have a suggestion for you. You know what what would be a good idea for charter schools? If you have an exam, a state charter school exam, that is put together by a consortium of charter school advocates, testing teachers, getting only the quality teachers. In other words, you could sell your charter school system as having a teacher system that is above and beyond the ordinary uh, level of teachers in Florida. If you just... uh, Test these teachers, the elementary school teachers and the high school teachers, for their subjects. And then advertise, we have the best teachers in Florida. Why? Because they've passed a difficult exam. How is that?
1: Well, uh, I tend to agree with the excellence uh, box you've just created for for excellence. But it's not expedient enough if we don't just take schools away from the district. In other words, I believe that the key to fixing public schools in the United States is... Not really teachers as so much as it is the funding night dynamic. In other words, I don't believe it's a key at all. I believe it's a combination padlock in the principal's office on a budget that she can't control or he can't control because the superintendent controls it. So I believe in taking the schools away and then perhaps in a metamorphosis of many parents taking back their schools. Obviously, the more affluent communities will take back their schools first. And then you leave the district with the inner city schools because those families are too dysfunctional to do it themselves. And you start saving surpluses and modernizing school buildings and knocking down all these contaminated schools from inside the budget. Because I found the million dollars in my budget because we were overcrowded and I couldn't convince my city to knock down the school. They renovated it and it was part of a much bigger scheme interlocal agreement to build a high school for us so they built that new but they renovated our k-8 center which i was pta president of and now parents and teachers are dying of cancer because they exposed
2: here in key biscayne here in yeah. key biscayne they start... mm-hmm.
1: they exposed all the asbestos mercury and lead and the asbestos pipes and all instead of just bulldozing the, the school so i like to get to where you're going in terms of seeking out the excellence in teachers but unless I change the funding dynamics so this can happen in an expedient way and parents can stop complaining to superintendents and start complaining to each other on governing boards to manage surpluses, I can see a day where the major employees out here can contribute as teachers, I mean, as parents save surpluses inside these budgets. What's cool about Florida's parent empowerment law It's not only a direct ballot law, but guess what? You don't have to pay rent to the school district once you take back their school. And guess what? If you fail, it goes right back to them. So there's that stopgap measure as well. Plus the teachers who stay with you if you win the elections, they get to keep their pensions by state
2: law. School choice is a little different here in Florida because uh, in Florida, the school boards are by county which is a huge district, you know. In, in New York, in Westchester County, every town has its own school board. So for example, so Scarsdale had 17,000 people and they had their own schools and they were very good generally. Uh, so, but you, but in order to send your kids to that school, you had to buy So that means keep us can have a school district, because we're, four, we're 14,000. Or, or Coral Gables, I was surprised that Coral Gables doesn't have its own school district, South Miami, uh, Doral, whatever. So, but here you have these countywide school boards and there's very little competition because you know one big board. The, the uh, Dade County is the fourth largest school district in the country. Broward is sixth largest. So I think that uh, you know. So I think Alan, you, it, it's a different. It, it's a different game. But the 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 key is to have school choice. However, it's done. New York City is a huge school district, but Bloomberg pushed for private charter schools.
1: Well, my biggest problem is of what. Uh, what we're all saying is expediency. We don't have the time to wait for school choice to occur as it's occurring now. Because if it started in 1979 in Minnesota, and it's only 10% of the entire public well, school population, we don't have 100 years well, to get d- to 50%.
2: Governor DeSantis seems to be very committed to it, so maybe we'll have a breakthrough. Do,
5: do you know what Alan West used to say? You know who Alan West was, right? Yep. <clears throat> yes. Congressman Alan West, he said the most important election in the country is not the presidential election, it's the local school board elections.
1: Absolutely. I mean, he uh, and Martin Luther King said our, our lives begin to end the day that we become silent about things that matter, and these things matter. And yet, I have got a bunch of Republicans blocking me since 2013.
2: Well, that's I couldn't believe it. They have the charter school industry, They're,
1: yes. And you know what the irony of this whole discussion is, Alan. Um, right. my brother owns a bunch of charter schools. That's why I know so much about it, and they use that against me instead of for me because <laughs> I was putting my community before charter school developers. I want to take back the district-run schools everywhere, every so, county.
2: So, Alan, uh, you're, you're up in Palm Beach County, right? Yes, I am. Okay, so that is a very democratic county. Is that because there are all these transplanted New Yorkers?
5: Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, we have... Uh... The, uh, commission, uh, there's just one Republican out of, uh, I think, seven uh, commissioners. They come here from New York because they want to get away from the taxes, they want to get away from the crime, and they come down here, and they carry the same disease with oh, them. No. <laughs> there should be some sort of uh, medical center at at the border to check them out politically (laughs) well down here and they destroy they live in million dollar homes and yet they want to redistribute income they want to do away with guns yet when i do a speaking engagement in one of these communities the liberal communities i have to show my driver's license to an armed guard right who takes a picture of my driver's license who calls in to see that i'm welcomed in the community a gate is lifted up for me to go in and then i see it surrounded by a wall and these people are against walls. They're against uh, voter registration. They're right. against guns. It's total
1: hypocrisy. So it's, it's a, a t- it's a it's a really debased belief system. I'm sorry. It's a debased uh, uh, belief system that I call the progressive virus. It's a computer, it's a computer virus that that is contaminated in a liberal's you know psychological hard drive. It's passed on generation to generation, and it, con- it continues as a belief system. And to acknowledge that it's flawed is to Acknowledge your whole self-worth is flawed. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest problem with liberals. They just won't admit how debased they are.
5: And, and, and it, it's going to continue because the kids whom they're educating now from kindergarten on are going to be trained by these socialist-leaning uh, teachers, and they're going to grow up to be socialists in wealthy homes. It's, it's crazy. We're doomed, basically, if you look at it carefully. Well, not,
1: not if we start taking these intraschool votes and start taking back yeah. our schools.
5: I, I understand it. i see my problem is the Jewish community. This is my problem. That's why I formed the Judeo-Christian Republican Club of Boca Raton, to get Christians and Jews together, to fight together. Christians, now you look around the country, they're being uh, destroyed by the liberal Democrats, Kamala mm-hmm. Harris and the rest of them, the Covington, Kentucky boys, mm-hmm. you know, from the Catholic school in Covington, Kentucky. Christians... And Jews are now basically being persecuted by the liberals and progressives in this country. Right. Yeah,
1: the abortion That's, law that just passed in New York is a, is indicative yep, of that. Yep. That's infanticide, and you know we're calling for the Pope to communicate the governor, and uh, we're just getting laughed well, out. Well, Alan,
2: are most of the Jews then uh, up there in the Reform synagogues?
5: Uh, yeah. Reform synagogues. And the conservative synagogues. You have rabbis here who welcome in J Street, the Jewish Voice for Peace, rabbis for human rights, and all the uh, pro-boycott divestments and sanctions groups, the reform and conservative synagogues. The, the orthodox synagogues are strong politically, but right. they don't want to speak out. They're afraid to speak out because, in in a liberal community, a wall-gated, guarded community, if you speak out as a Republican conservative, you're thrown out of the card game and into the pool. You lose all of the benefits of the social activities in the community.
1: You now, know, be more, more specific about
5: that. If you, if yeah, you,
2: you lose all your social life that you came down well, here. No, you mean you stop start, you start getting Nobody, invited to you things? You won't be invited to anything.
5: God you can't play golf, you can't play cars, you can't play mahjong, you can't go to the pool. People shun you, Wow. basically.
1: Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's very harsh, especially if you're affluent and you made it in life, the last thing you want is that aggravation.
5: Well, you know, the conservatives here come up to me after I do my talk, and they whisper in my ear, they right. say, so, you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. So I say, so why don't you speak out? They say, if I speak out, I have to move.
2: Well, <laughs> Winston Churchill said that the most important virtue— is courage, because it makes all the other virtues possible.
5: Ah, tell that to a person who spends $700,000 for a home.
1: Yeah, completely. They just don't know how the other person... uh, They don't feel anybody else's pain.
5: Well, Uh, well, you know, I feel sorry for these people, but unfortunately, uh, this is the way it is. And the more these people come down from New York, the more infiltrated and saturated our community is by these liberals. And... uh, you know, you talk about Jewish things. Rabbis here speak out politically uh, on, on the high holiday, on the high holy days. They're, they're political activists. What do you do?
1: Yes.
2: Well, well, we need a welcome wagon for all these transplants. Well, <laughs> you know, tell them, look, you're fleeing. It's like people from Venezuela who come here and vote Democrat. You're fleeing socialism and you're voting for de- uh, Democrats? Give me a break.
5: Hey, the Puerto Ricans who who, uh, were destroyed by the hurricane because they didn't have any infrastructure because of the Democrat leadership, are now moving to Florida. And for whom do you think they're going to vote?
2: Well, no, no, no. They were pretty good for Scott and DeSantis you think so? Yeah, I that, don't know about that it, it's kind of a selection, the people that came you gotta come to back to another show were, and prove yeah, that to we'll us, because I'm that. with Alan All right, well, okay. I think
1: I-4 was, was for Guillermo well, was it the not,
2: not as much as people expected see, the problem is that a lot of the Puerto Ricans that picked didn't up go and moved well, vote. they didn't go to vote, but the ones that did they're the more entrepreneurial people that want to work because they got off their butts it. in Puerto Rico. I don't know about that. Yeah, but that does need to be reviewed. I
1: have cousins that are Puerto Rican, uh, of Cuban heritage, but they lived in Puerto Rico. And they're very resentful of my republicanism.
2: Well, and uh, rub it in their face.
1: Yes. Well, really? well I don't uh, <laughs> Governingschools.com. Please check it out and call us back. Thank are you, guys, Alan. Okay, is the
5: interview finished?
1: Thank the you. Interview yes. is finished.
5: Okay. I thank you very much and God bless you both. And let's keep in touch. You, you bet. bet. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.
1: So Alan, uh I oh that was uh very thought provoking. Alan Bursting with the Judeo
2: Christian Republican Club. That man, really He's told a wall you. of
1: conservatism in, in the very Palm liberal Beach. community, man. That's very That's amazing. That's very cool of his too. So uh what can I tell you? Now it's six o'clock, we're gonna We're going to head for a a little runaround with Blues Traveler. We'll be back in about four minutes. So stay free, my friends, here at The Concrete Conservative. We're back. This is The Concrete Conservative with Ed Vidal and Mac on the Rock. WSQF 94.5. We are celebrating the Holocaust, the anniversary of the Holocaust. So we have...
2: Well, we're not celebrating. We're remembering it.
1: Oh, excuse me. I stand yep. corrected. I'm yep. in timeout now. I will not speak again. No, we no, have... you're fine. Shame on me. Um, no, no. As a Catholic, I'm also a Jew because I believe in the Old Testament, so stop scolding me.
2: Yeah, I'm not scolding Cause I'll you. Because
1: s- you know, I'll have you excommunicated absolutely. as an ex-Catholic. I
2: should be excommunicated.
1: Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. So who do I have on the phone? You are now live here on 94.5 FM. Alexandra Levine with the
6: America
1: First Coalition. Oh, thank you very much for calling. It's uh, it's a pleasure thank to have you. you.
2: Alexandra, welcome. Hello. and uh this is you're you're one of a small group of conservative Jews in Florida, and uh, why don't you tell us about uh, your group, the American uh, Coalition?
6: So the America First Coalition, we are a pro-Trump, pro-conservative coalition. We believe in the Second Amendment. We believe in pro-pro-life. Uh, we believe in the principles of the Constitution, and we help and support any candidate that supports the president and his agenda to make America great again and to keep America great. And we are strictly grassroots. So we go door to door to door to to get uneducated voters, independents, especially NPAs, to vote the right way, to vote the Republican way, and to to educate the young millennials to let them know that President Trump is on their side and he's there for them, and he's helping the American people, especially with the economy, with jobs, with education, with health care and especially with illegal
2: immigration. But wait, and, Alexandria, how did you get so—you're Jewish, right? Yes, I am. How did you get so conservative?
6: It's kind of been born into my
1: blood. Oh, you were raised conservative? That's that's really an All right, right. So, so that's a, a good start. Alan, who called before you, said that uh, he was an umbilical liberal because he was raised that yeah, way. He
2: was raised by—a lot of the, the New York Jews tend to, tended to be very uh, liberal, very socialist, labor union— uh type so that
1: you you weren't raised in new york
6: you know my parents are from the washington dc area but you know my dad was a reagan republican always and so was my mother and we just saw the right side of things and and my father educated me to let me know that the republican party is the one that helps israel that supports israel that loves israel that acknowledges israel that wants to you know uh, move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Yep. Um, also to acknowledge that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, always has been the capital of Israel.
2: 3,000 so years. A of
6: from home, and a lot of it comes from other Jewish people that I've talked to, uh, especially ones that have moved from New York City, from Virginia, from Maryland, down to Florida. A lot of them are
3: actually more conservative than me. the eye.
2: Well, we well, we were just talking to Alan Bergstein, who is in Palm Beach County, and he is bemoaning that all these uh, lib- socialist Jews are moving down from New York and bringing their socialist policies. What do you make of that?
6: That is true. Some of them are. I think it depends where in New York that they're from. If they're from Manhattan, yes, if they're more from Scotland Island, they're more Republican and more conservative. What I have noticed is a lot of the um, is a lot of the Jewish people they hide a lot of their political views. A lot of them just basically you know go to the ballot box and they vote. And I saw that a lot in Florida especially with the governorship. Um, statistically 33% of Jews voted for Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, the highest uh, Jewish support over Rick Scott in his gubernatorial races as well as the Senate race. And the reason being is because this Democratic Socialist agenda that these Democrats are focusing on, and the majority of them uh, support terrorist organizations like BDS, like CARE, Muslim Brotherhood, Al-Aqsa's Martyr Brigade, Islamic Jihad, really affects the Jewish voter and really, uh, it really opens up their minds to realize, you know what, I think th- by the Democratic Party going so far left, it actually turns them off and makes them want to vote more independent or more
1: Republican. Well, we need people like you to be able to s- be able to rattle rattle it off just like you just did, because if we say it, we come across as right wing extremists. But when you say well, it, it it's are, got to... What, they, what we call here in South Florida, el agua entró al coco. Yeah, in other words, the water got into the coconut. To, you have legitimacy.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, you have standing to say Yeah, you have
1: know, the bona fides or the mm-hmm. bona fides. So what is it that that we can, you can honestly say about the Democrats that just have them clinging um, you know, to these socialist policies and why are they so comfortable uh, keeping the American Jew voter I mean, shouldn't, the, shouldn't just the number one reason to vote for Trump's re-election and Republicans in general was just that incredible move to Jerusalem and, and, and establish the embassy there? Isn't that really, you know, the epitaph of, 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 for the end of the Democratic Party's control of the Jewish vote?
6: It's true, but a lot of it goes back to the 50s and 60s, the 1950s and 60s. Uh, most Jewish people, you know, they voted Democrat because um, Jews and blacks and dogs were put in the same category, And the same rhetoric from the Democrats that we hear today about how, quote, if you vote for them, they will fix it, and the Republicans don't care about you, stuck with the Jewish people for years. Uh, Also, in addition, Jewish people have segregated themselves for years because they've been persecuted.
1: Can the, but can you also uh, solicit the rabbis to admonish Jews for continuing to vote for the left like that? Because in the temple, the temple—I uh, mean, the the rabbis just gotta, you know, flat out just uh, call them out in public and say, well, "Hey, man, stop this." Well,
2: Alexandra, the the House Democrats just appointed to the Foreign Affairs Committee of the House, uh, Ilan Omar, who is a radical Muslim woman congressman from Detroit. And right. she she is very anti-Israel. Right, she is. So what, what, why, why hasn't there been an outpouring of complaints from the Jewish community? How about just
1: a big photo of them two together and circulating? Right. Well,
6: I'll be honest with you, there has been. There has been. Um, they're not as you know vocal as they should be, in my opinion, but there has been. And I, I'd have to look at the numbers of, of the Jewish vote that she received. I don't think it was a lot in her state.
2: Well, Um, there there are hardly any Jews in her district.
6: And it it also has to do with her district. Her district is, you know, it's Somali Muslims. That's her district. That's who voted for her. Yeah, but but
2: the House Democrats didn't have to put her on the Foreign Affairs Committee.
1: I want to know how Barack Obama brought so many Somalis here.
6: Again, that's politics. That is all politics. And, you know... You know, Barack Obama, as you know, he brought the Muslim Brotherhood to the White House. Right. So there's a lot of people, quote-unquote, in bed together. And this woman is in bed with a lot of terrorist organizations. I mean, look at the woman in um, uh, Minnesota, uh, um, not Minnesota, Michigan, Rashida uh, Talib. Tla- tla- yeah. uh, known, she, she, She's like, I'm Palestinian, I will always be Palestinian, there's no Israel, this is Palestine, it will always be Palestine, and she's in there. And the thing is, is that she promised her voters, she said, if you vote for me, I'll impeach the mofo. I'm going to do this for you, and I'm going to do that for you, and I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to do that for you. And you know what? She's not going to get anything done. And the voters are going to see that, and the voters are going to get turned off. And in my opinion, we need stronger Republican women to go after these Democratic women and to push President Trump's agenda, to push Israel, to push the support of Israel,
1: to bring back the politics to the sidewalk, pound the pavement, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah, you know, the absolutely. Time. With the internet, the sky's the limit. I'm sorry. With the internet, the reach is the limit. I mean, you can go. You can really broaden your reach.
6: The, remember, it, good.
1: in the midterms, our biggest problem was the 43 congressmen who chose not to run for re Well, there are
2: a lot of cowardly right. Republicans. That's I think you that's you that's make that's the it. big point. And those
6: are never-Trumpers. Jeff Blake is a never-Trumper. Bob Corker was a never-Trumper. They were all never-Trumpers. Paul Ryan. And he needs to, yeah, Paul Ryan, forget him. He's horrible. He's the reason why we have the Democratic House. He did nothing
7: for
2: President Trump.
1: Absolutely
3: right.
2: nothing.
1: Right. No, and then, and then he allowed a budget to pass with uh, additional funding uh, uh, gross funding for planned Paul
2: Paul Ryan is is not a conservative, he is not a fighter, forget it, he's good riddance.
1: No, and also the, the
6: I have a health care plan. We've been working on this for seven years. Don't do tax reform Don't do infrastructure first. Let's do health care. And it killed it. That's not what Trump wanted to do. He didn't listen to his president. He didn't stick by his president. He actually wanted to leave his president right. and worry about his reelection and his Congress when the Ex Hollywood tape went out. He totally just just negated him, just totally rushed him off like he's a loser. And guess what? He's the biggest
3: winner and he's fighting for everybody
1: that's a that's a wonderful yeah, point
2: you, you got to remember when the access hollywood tape came out paul ryan disinvited trump from a rally that he was holding in wisconsin yeah, that's
6: true and then true. and then no, trump went on sat, no the next day they all said this is a true story they all sat around the table everyone that worked for trump they all sat around and even and rance Priebus that's you're done uh, the next guy said you're done the next everyone on his campaign said you're done the only person whether you like him or not that said you're going to win 100 percent with steve bannon that was it and melania
2: everyone and i like said, him
6: you're done. i like everyone bannon the room said you're done so chris what christy was you're like you're done chris Christie just came out with a book about trump and the whole transition team yeah. and and steve bannon said chris if you're on the team with us you're going to be on that plane tomorrow, and guess what? Chris didn't show up on the on the plane, and he wasn't on the team.
1: Yep. Yeah, and not to mention uh, what people don't realize about Chris Christie is that it, he prosecuted Kirshner's father, yeah, so he, he was going to be off the yeah. team
2: anyway. Well, maybe, and also he hugged Obama in 2012. Yes, right after that was yeah. disgusting. Yeah.
6: So that, the Sandy Hook thing, and yet Bill O'Reilly, whether you like the guy or not, he said the reason that Barack Obama won re-election was the Sandy Hook. It had to do with the Sandy Hook
2: thing.
1: It was the Sandy Hook thing that got
0: him reelected. You mean the hug? To the highlighted
1: route, and then the route guidance will start. Well, that must have been been your phone, or is that our new sponsor? That was my phone. That
2: was our new sponsor. Sorry about that. Where are you? Are you still in Sarasota, or you're up in Washington?
6: No, I'm driving up to Washington right now as we speak.
1: Great. Oh wow! So that was your OnStar talking to you?
6: (laughs) Yeah, my phone's talking to me.
1: Wow, fantastic. So uh, what you are going to do when you get to Washington?
6: So I am going to be draining the swamp. I will be uh, working hardcore on organizing my coalition. I'm the state leader, so I'm looking for district leaders. I'm looking for uh, city leaders. I'm looking for staff assistants. I'm looking for people to head up my committees. Meaning uh, we're going to be starting a Millennial Outreach Committee, a Veterans Affairs Committee, a Women for Trump Committee, a Hispanics for Trump Committee, Jews for Trump Committee, as well as a, an entire media team. Why don't All you give us
2: your website? Traffic.
6: I'm sorry? What is you? your
2: website?
1: Give it uh, our the audience.
6: The website is www.americafirstcoalition.org. W- www.americafirstcoalition.org.
1: Is there any any toll-free number, any number you'd like to put out there?
6: Um.
1: No, it's, up to it's, up to it's up to you. It's radio. if you had an office?
6: I well, I, I usually give out my my personal cell phone number.
1: No, but that, no, this uh, is no, over let the radio. Go to your it's website. Better
6: if, you, it's better if you email
1: me. Yeah, so go my, ahead. My
6: personal yeah, my personal email is a r l e v i n e eighty five at aol dot com. Say that again. A r a r l e v as in Victor i n e eighty five at aol dot com.
7: A
2: r Levine eighty five.
6: At AOL.com.
2: Were you and born in 1985?
6: The um, Republican clubs and groups in Maryland, D.C., as well as the Virginia area. Um, I had the pleasure of doing an event up in Maryland this last summer. Uh, I had um, Herbie Owens, uh, Herbert Owens, excuse me, who was running for um, a, a congressional seat at the time, and uh, Jesse Jan Duck, um,
7: right. who
6: was a, a, a servicewoman to this country. She served our country. She's also been on Fox Business. She knows Trump on a personal level. Uh, And she's very renowned, and I'm also very good friends with Jack Percibiak. He was actually originally supposed to be my guest speaker, but he had to go to Norway at the time, so Jesse Jan uh, Mm -hmm. took over the last minute, which was great. But we're going to be doing more events like that. We also sell uh, products on our Coalition Superstore, which is attached to the website. Uh, Everything is made in the USA. All the hats are made in the USA. All the shirts are made in the USA. And you, um, you only have to pay for shipping, but shipping's not that much. It's like
2: $7. Well, isn't Maryland a very red state, as is uh, northern Virginia?
6: Well, Maryland is, is considered a blue state, but we're trying to I'm get it more red. Blue. We do have a Republican governor, right. uh, which is good. Unfortunately, he's a never-Trumper, Mr. Hogan. Right. Yes. I'm going to be working with Congressman Andy Harris, who is a Trump supporter, and he's the only Republican congressman in all of the eight districts of Maryland, he's in District 1 and he's up near Annapolis. So we'll be focusing a lot on Annapolis and the Naval Academy up there. Okay, I'll that be makes with sense. working hardcore. But I also will be working with my Florida congressmen who are all Trump supporters, as well as Rick Scott and Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio is going to, you know, he's up for re election coming up soon. So no, we have focus no, on him, getting him re elected and, you know, seeing the wonderful things that Rick Scott's going to be doing up there.
5: So
2: who's your congressman in Florida?
6: So my congressman is Congressman Vern Buchanan, District
7: 16.
2: Okay, so that's near Sarasota. What about down yeah. here in South Florida? Can we get some real Republican conservatives to run uh, for the two districts that were flipped?
6: You can. Um, a lot of the a lot of men and women are re-running uh, for that uh, district. Carla Spalding is a great friend of mine. She's considering running again uh, for district. Well, this was a sorry this is Debbie Wasserman Schultz's district. She's yeah, right she, run again. She's got to be beaten, um, man. Uh, Debbie's got to be beaten. But that's a very Maria democrat. Piedro. Yeah, but, Maria Maria Piedro, She's a hardcore Trump supporter. She ran in
1: district 27. So she's Yeah, uh, she's uh, been here she's um, been here in the radio.
2: Maria Fierro. Yeah, Maria Pietro Piero, Pietro yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Piedro.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, she's, yeah, she's been here in our district. I got to tell gonna you, you uh,
2: Maria Elvira Salazar was She's got to run again. Yeah, okay. She's
6: thinking but I know she's talked about it. But we have some really hardcore Republican women that want to run. It's again doing the grassroots, you know, getting the funding behind you. And I and I and I I caution these women and, and anyone that's running, don't focus on getting money in your district and in your state. You got to get outside money. You got to get hardcore Trump supporter donors that really appreciate Trump and love Trump and want to you know donate money you know to your cause because they because most people now they want give the money to people that really, really, really love Trump, like loved Trump from the beginning, not didn't love Trump, and now they love Trump, and maybe they love Trump, and they think he caved, and this shit, no. They want someone who's a loyalist from the beginning. That's but where the money will go. It seems to me that there's a lot
2: of money down here as well.
6: Yeah, there's a lot of money in South Florida, a lot of money in South Florida, a lot of money in Miami-Dade. District 26 should not have flipped. The reason that flipped is Carlos Corbello is a big Never Trumper, Right, and that's why it flipped. And District 27 flipped because the woman who was previous there, Elena Ross, was also a never-Trumper, and she triggered that district to go more or more less, and they put Donna Shalala in there. Right. And, and you know, Salazar came in too late at the end. Well, but, she
1: also criticized Trump. Yeah, she's a... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah.
6: Salazar also criticized Trump as well. There was a lot of other women in the mix, Maria Piero, Angie Torino, Gina Sosa. Those three women were very, very positive towards Trump. Right. And... You know, they should have they should have gotten more traction. But, you know, unfortunately they didn't. You know, people stood behind establishment candidates and that's what happened.
1: Yeah, lazy and, voters.
2: Lazy voters see yeah, a, yeah. a name on a ballot and they vote we, for we, it. We had Andy Chirino Hi. here in the studio. Angie. I'm sorry. We had Angie Chirino yeah, here in I the mean, studio.
6: I, I, yeah, Angie's a great lady. I knew her cam I know her campaign manager very well. I knew her deputy campaign manager very well. Great lady, you know her. Her father is a renowned musician. He right. A lot of clout. A lot of, you know, a lot of attendance. Yep. A lot of people know him. And yeah, she had a great platform. And so did Maria Pietro. And so did Gina Sosa. Yeah, I, I mean, there was a lot of people that ran under that seat. I mean, they had like nine people running. What so there about was a lot of people running in the primary for that? What about but they got uh, behind the wrong person, in my opinion? And you know, I know Salazar is trying to make herself relevant again, going on Fox News and try to make herself relevant, but.
1: Well she just scored a, a big interview with Maduro, you know, so that put her back on Sorry. her that she just scored a big interview with Nicolas Maduro and right. that, and that might right. that might lead her back into television where there's where the money is you know so uh it's one of these harsh realities where uh, when you saw those Republicans that didn't run for re-election, they obviously took their money and run.
2: Well yeah of course of course. Well what about uh, district 26 I agree with Corbello is a total rhino.
6: Yeah, Obama was a Rhino, um, a lot of I, mean, I encourage the people that ran in district 23 and district 21 and district 27 to try to run for district 26. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly believe that that's an easier district to flip back Republican. Okay. I think District 27 is an easy district to flip Republican too. Well, Again, it just depends on who we get you know who we get there to, you know, as the nominee. We need someone who heavily supports the president who heavily supports his agenda, who supported him from the beginning, not someone who's an establishment candidate, not someone that you know never liked him. Now they like him. Now they may like him. Now they think he caves. We have to have somebody in there that well, really
7: is, is a strong
1: supporter. I think the best thing that could happen to Trump right now and all the coattails would be that he's in waging a full-out battle in the courts to build the wall. And you just right. campaign on the wall and we all can, can say that his coattails is going to be huge in 2020. And it's almost teeing up perfectly for that because if he does the emergency, the state of the emergency claim, he'll have to go to the lower courts because he'll have to in, uh, impede uh, pretty in a dramatic fashion private property to build a wall on huge No, but
2: that's uh, eminent domain. That's authorized. Yeah, but that's
1: uh, executive eminent domain is challenged by injunction right, in court. Right, absolutely.
2: So those no, but, but the challenge they just will come.
6: He doesn't go to the ninth circuit because if it goes to the ninth circuit
1: then we have a problem and that's what judge jenny you mean the you mean the bolshevik circuit <laughs> yeah really <laughs> that's that's basically it
2: a lot yeah. of the eminent domain will be in texas which is the fifth circuit so that won't be a problem the problem is if he uses national emergency money that will be challenged and that has to be expedited to but, the supreme but, court the, the
1: point i'm making is that he has to build a wall during these court fights right as right. executive order in other words your Honor, you guys can hear my case all you want, but I continue building the wall. Because what right. happens is if he's successful at building more than half of it, the courts will have to overrule the lower courts because mm-hmm. there's no law on the books right now okay. to knock down a wall. <laughs> Think right. about it. Right. He's just got to build, 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 build like in military fashion with the Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, maybe, I guess, okay. you got to get the private sector so, involved. So,
2: um, Alexander, I, I want to tell you that please keep in touch, because I'd be interested in congressional district uh, candidates 26 and 27. And if you know people, we'll be happy to have them here, uh, have them in the studio so they can present their views and become known by our audience, because I think those are two important districts, and I think you're right. They can be flipped with the right person.
6: I agree. I I agree that Chris Christie's district can be flipped. I believe that Ted Deutsch's district can be flipped. I believe that Debbie Wasserman Schultz's district can be flipped. I believe they all can be flipped. It's about, again, getting the right people in there that really support Trump. And like I said, you know, people that donate to candidates, they want to donate to candidates that really love the president, that really
1: support his agenda. And also give them a reason to vote for them. A lot of people, Maria Vida, gave no one a reason to vote for her. Yeah, but she was so flim-flam. She was a purse. rhino. I know. She she was a rhino. Like,
6: She's an easy one to take down. But it's her district, and the problem was they didn't. And Shalala proper,
1: didn't even campaign.
6: Right. The problem was they didn't have a proper Republican that went against the, the the guy who won in the primary, Kaufman. He wasn't. He wasn't a good enough candidate to get her. He just wasn't good enough. He didn't. He didn't put up all the money. He didn't heavily, heavily support the president. I mean, the president. He comes when when. You know, when you, when you support him the most, he, he, he supports you on Twitter. When you support him the most, he, the president watches every single little uh, election that happens. He does. He keeps it all. You know, I mean, he, he has a reading of who's running and who's out there. And when you get an endorsement from the president, it's very important. So these, these people that are running really need to keep in mind they need to get that endorsement for the president. They need to have the president
1: come down and do a rally. with And him. he'll do it because he doesn't sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I
2: think you're talking about Joel Kaufman, who ran against Debbie Wasserman yeah. Schultz. Yeah, he
1: sucked. He didn't yeah, do it. Yeah. wasn't strong
3: enough.
1: My God, how, I mean, you have all this meat on the bone there. Just attack, right. attack, attack her, man. She's an a, right. ethical nightmare. Like afraid
6: to attack. A lot of times the Republicans are afraid to attack, and we need to attack. We need to attack Alexandria Cortez. We need to attack Rashida Talib. We need to attack mr al Ilan,
1: whatever her name is. I butchered it. Because I remembered. Yeah. Uh, we uh, uh, I, Sanders. We I remember. To The woman who won the U.S. Senate in Arizona, the
6: Siena, we need to attack all of them because they will not do anything for our country. They don't believe in the Constitution. They don't even believe in America. And they just want to hurt the American people and put more money in their pockets. They don't give a darn about the American people. And we're seeing that now with Nancy Pelosi. We see that with Chuck Schumer. We're seeing that with everybody. Well, I'm, noticed, I'm
1: noticing that we're using the word socialist a lot more than we yeah. should be using communist. Just call them communists, for well, Christ's yeah. sake. They're communists. And they right. keep on saying socialism as if it's like a softer form.
2: Democratic socialism. Yeah, that's... But that was Hugo Chavez was a democratic socialist. <laughs> and look at what happened there.
1: Well, thank you very much for your call, and uh, I hope we can get you back soon. Keep in touch.
3: Yeah, I love it.
6: Thank well,
1: you. So much. Take care. Okay, wow. It, you know... You know that was really good radio. That was fantastic conservative radio, and you know the, I
2: learned it all from Sean Hannity.
1: You know, and it was a perfect prop because here in the studio we've got you know Fox News here. So thirty-three years ago today, the Challenger yep. uh, shuttle disaster, and you had Ronald Reagan there talking to the people. So we're feeling really good here on the concrete conservative. You're listening to WSQF ninety-four point five. Uh, our phone number here. Is 305-365-7777, and if you are on the board to call us, now's the time to call us because the next caller will be—who uh, is our next caller?
2: Well, we'll see who calls. It could be Aton if he gets out of uh, dinner.
1: Oh, okay. Or it could so, be
2: Karen Besner.
1: Okay. that's uh, If you're calling from out of town, it's 844 645 WSQF.
2: Yeah, and remind everyone that they can listen to us on the internet. Live stream. Yeah. WSQFradio.com.
1: Forward slash live. WSQFradio.com. Our our corporation name is Square Foot Community Radio. So yes. obviously it's WSQF. Not obvious, actually. You know the story behind getting the letters. You have to just win the letter because no I mean, radio FCC, station oh, okay. has the same letters. I thought Ooh.
2: they gave it to you because you were on top on the second floor of the Ace Hardware store in Key Biscayne.
1: Lord, that's a very cute capitalistic plug. <laughs> yes, we are owners of Ace Hardware Co-op here in Key Biscayne. We have this lovely— Co-op?
2: What do you mean, Co-op? I thought it was a private for-profit company.
1: Yeah, Ace do you Hardware— you a
2: collective here in Key Biscayne? Are you a, Ace, a secret Ace, communist? It... <laughs> Ace is a co-op. Oh yeah, well, among the among the members, yeah. Absolutely, we're, member, we're
1: members just for the purpose of buying buying, buying power stuff. to compete with Home Depot. But yeah, we're a co-op. We actually own each other. So uh, okay. We all split the pie at the end. When, and there's
2: we, no Home Depot until you get all the way out to Coconut Grove, I think, right?
1: Absolutely. That's the closest one.
2: Way to go. So it's why a are very convenient... Why are you promoting Home
1: Depot while you're promoting Ace no, Hardware? No, no, I mean, no. I'm promoting Inquivisgain. Is keep he a gain, classic communist, too? Are and you... keep gain,
2: Come to the Ace Hardware Store. Now,
1: we have fair competition's fine with us. They suck, we're great, and that's basically the story. And you're the and Ace we, the Hardware Man. And okay. we, yeah, and we remember your name. What's cool about our store is that we actually remember people's uh, air conditioning filter size, and that's right. kind of personal. You know, <laughs> when people come in, and we just know Is they it disclose yours? their yeah. air conditioning. Yeah, design. you do it. You call. You come once, and by that time, we already figured out that you're 20 by 30, and we know exactly what you want.
2: And you don't allow that uh, information to be used by advertisers or anything like that. No,
1: no, we have got zero. Our Ace Hardware website, quite frankly, was it, we don't really use the Ace Hardware national website because. We're store credit only here. Once you purchase here, the money stays here. And quite frankly, uh, because we taught all the merchants to do this, we're about twenty five years into this, it developed loyalty. It ended up being something positive, not negative. They complained at first, but they love having a credit ballot in their in their purse. Especially if they're lo- out of town or local who, residents. Yeah, they go back into an old purse that they haven't used in five, six months, maybe even a year. Because, you know, we have a lot of people who pay taxes here but live abroad or live in other states. So it's it's a comforting Or feeling. in other countries. Or in other countries, yeah. Well, that's what I, I think I said, the word abroad. to. Abroad, uh, yes. Yeah, you know, to expand myself to world globalization. Kiva
2: Scaners Abroad? We're, Is that a group? I'm
1: not a globalist, but in this particular case, yes, we have a, a, an incredible community. For those who's listening outside If Kiva Scan, this was uh, Richard Nixon's winter White House. where one square mile surrounded by a golf course to the south. Sorry, the state parks to the south, the golf courses to the north. So you go through three different county parks before you run into the little city of Key Biscayne that has its own park. So we're just, just the, the parkland. We're the village among the parklands, yeah. And, uh, of course, we always want more open space until I showed up and said, wait a second, we're surrounded by parks. Could you stop doing that and right. saying that? And then start investing in schools instead, for Christ's sake, instead of open space? So here we are, uh, remembering, not celebrating, the Holocaust. So we're speaking to Jewish conservatives. And uh, the timing has been excellent because our next caller's on the air here. Let's find out who is speaking. You're speaking to WSQF, the concrete conservative. Who do I have a pleasure to speak to? You are now live on WSQF 94.5.
4: My name is Karen Bessner, B-E-S-N-E-R.
1: Thank you
7: very
2: much for Ah, calling. Oh, great. Thank you for calling.
4: Sure.
2: You're calling from uh, Boynton Beach up in Palm Beach County, right?
4: Yes, I am.
2: And I hear that there's a big group of Jewish transplants from New York City who are very, very liberal. So my question for you is, when are you going to set up a welcome wagon for all these progressive transplants? Tell them, look, you cannot vote for the same high-tax high-spending policies that drove you out of New York?
4: Yeah. Um, It it sounds good, but we're not talking about sanity here. Um, When I came down 10 years ago, I was not Republican. I was not Democrat. I didn't even really know much about Israel. I was not a religious person. I just came down to Florida, walked into my condo in southeast Florida, a current events class, and I was overtaken by what I saw. I saw that it was 99% liberal, and one guy walked in, and by the way, liberal Jew. Right. And one guy walked in, and he dared to say the word Muslim Brotherhood. When he did, the vice president, the president, all said, you better get out of here, or we're going to throw you out with a stick. When I heard that, I was amazed, and I called my husband, and I said, get down, because you're going to see a Broadway show. I also saw the president of the current events class say there were no Jews in the World Trade Center. And she being a Jew herself on September 11th, she being a Jew herself, I found this astounding. And that is what started to get me involved in trying in this journey to figure out the Jews. I'm a Jew. I wanted to understand what was going on. And I feel like it was a phenomenon. And the more I kept researching it. And I would go to so many different colleges and take classes on so many different classes. I even took uh, uh, um, uh, Islam from a Jewish perspective. And the more I did, the more I kept on meeting more Jewish liberals that were saying it was a peaceful religion. And I uh, mostly saw Jews that were in the classes. And no matter where I went, whether it was Middle Eastern forums, or it was triologues that were Jewish, Christian, Muslim trilogues. I just came from one yesterday. And uh, without saying what college it was, it was a, j- a total sham. You know, it Well, was, go ahead I, and say the college. No one, we like to call no one is, everybody no one out here. Problems.
1: Go ahead and say the college. We call them out here. This is sure. Community Radio. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you know, I, honestly, um, I have been trying at this college, FAU, oh, sure. to get hate spaces, which is a... Um, It's a documentary on what's going on on college campus. Right now, for a Jewish kid to speak about uh, anything pro-Israel, they're shouted down, marginalized, and totally uh, disparaged uh, by Students for Justice in Palestine. This documentary, it's a wonderful one. And yet, every time I ask to play it anywhere, even in my condo, which is, I would say, 99% liberal Jew, they say that it would be too offensive. So after years and years of trying, finally, because of the fact that there are so many liberals that come to my condo and they'll total liberal, and they're pro-anything uh, liberal and anti-Trump, and all of the people are just clapping and applauding, I finally justified getting Alan Berkstein to come to my condo. Sure. And he came about a week ago. And there were people that were so bored by Alan Berkstein speaking out. And it was ironic, because these are Jews in the Uh, audience, 700 people in the audience, and there was, I'm not saying all, but enough, were so upset that when he mentioned that Trump uh, built, uh, you know, moved the embassy to Jerusalem, they screamed and they hollered and they raced out and, uh, you know, they fought with him. There was such rudeness. There was cursing. And I say to myself, what is going on? And, uh, you know, I wrote an article called The War Between the Jews because I, myself, am trying to figure it out, the diasporic mentality. Um, you know, with uh, obviously there was so much, you know, fighting, a uh, plethora of enemies, uh, we being the indigenous people in our own homeland, surrounded by our enemies, and the Jews couldn't get along. So, you know, it is a phenomenon that I'm still trying to figure out.
1: Wow. You're telling such a, a, a real story because— I can't express enough the urgency to reinvent the public school system. But when you say that in college, that the that the Jews are being disparaged in such a manner and people don't want to realize that, but once the nation goes 5% Muslim, the bombs start exploding in our streets. And that's mm-hmm. a fact. Every nation that has 5% or more Islams in their country, especially Western nations that are not Islamic, mm-hmm. uh, the bombs start and the hostage taking starts. And, uh, Society. Absolutely,
4: and and today I just moderated a de- uh, debate um, in my condo, and we had somebody, it was about Israel, and uh, the person that was, uh, you know, I don't know what to say, but he was not a Zionist, let's put it that way, two Jewish people, um, he just kept on, you know, constantly saying, well, we have 29 Jews in Congress and we have only three Muslims. That has nothing to do with it. You know, it's not a matter of that they're 29 Jews. It's what kind of Jews are they? Are they pro-Israel? Do they protect Jewish people and our future? To me, it's everything about that. It has nothing to do with what kind of Muslims, what kind of Jews. It's not about that. You can't make a, a big determination about any group. It's just that when you come to the conclusion that Jews are protecting Jews, that's where the problem is. Um, and I feel like you have to look at it. If you have a group, 85% of Jews vote Democrat. You ask that question. Why are Jews doing that? Why do Jews do it? Alan Bergstein mentioned it today, that it happens to be in the way that they have lived their life. They've been hated, reviled, um, rejected. And because of that rejection, maybe they need love. Maybe, you know, it's yeah, not... Yeah, but the
1: Democratic you know, Party doesn't, doesn't provide you know, any it's kind of love.
4: That, you know, they know that they're always going to be a, in a host country. Many people scream at me, do you know how many... People I have lost as my friends, my husband and I, I cannot even tell you how we've been called racist, Islamophobe, you name it. And all I'm doing is trying to critically analyze uh, why, Pete, let's say, Hillary or Obama are the president and what is so good by just asking questions. I, it's not, you're not allowed anymore. And I also want to mention something that I find interesting. Um, Jewish people are giving me the donation letters that they get from Jewish organizations and non-Jewish organizations and they're going out and giving the impression that the biggest threat to Jews are the right-wing KKK white supremacists the evil KKK and when I do my research I find out that there's only been 50 murders since, I think, 1948. But yet, there are thousands of murders, Islamic terrorism and murders, and leftists. So I don't understand why ADL and Southern Poverty Law Center and all of these organizations are giving the impression that it's the opposite. The Jews go for it hook, line, and sinker because they keep on giving their money to these organizations.
1: Well, remember, but, uh, it's uh, the Jew has to be reminded that the origins of the KKK is within the Democratic Party, and yep. that's got to be repeated over and over again among yeah. the Dixiecrats. The, the
2: KKK was an affiliate of the Democrat Party from the foundation from the in 1865. And in mm-hmm. fact, Robert Byrd, Senator Robert Byrd, who was a senior member of the KKK in West Virginia, lover
1: of Hillary was Hillary's
2: mentor by her own words in the Senate.
1: I meant to say lover, okay? No, mentor.
2: A, a, a mentor, excuse me. She has no yeah. lovers.
1: Yeah. well i i think that what you're
4: saying is very important and i certainly have mentioned that but it's also very important to note that the radical left has vehemently turned against israel sure. because they are a success and they don't want anyone that is a success america israel that's the exact opposite of what they're going for they're looking to put us in a third world country they're not looking to elevate us and also officially align with the muslims so if you think about the left they have an um, inconvenient alliance uh, you know of convenience in a way um, and And I don't know if it's willing or not willing, but definitely the left are emboldening the Islamists to take control. And they must be, to me, if I were an Islamist, I would look at the Jews and I would laugh or I would clap my hands and say, we got them. Because they are legitimizing every Jew hater that existed.
2: But why are so many Jews also leftists?
4: Why are they? Um, I think it's what Alan Bergstein said. They came from Russia. They were oppressed. They've always been oppressed. And so they would naturally align themselves with a group like the Democrat Party they thought. And maybe it was a different Democrat Party. Yes. Maybe it was. I don't know. I didn't live then. And also, I'm not saying that I'm a genius, but I'm saying one thing, the Democratic Party of years ago, it's not the same as now. And the Democratic Party of today is actually saying that they're not even Even saying that they, um, when you say that Farrakhan is calling Jews termites, you don't even have the congresspeople that are offended and calling him out. I find that troubling. And years ago, when I used to go to current events in my condo and I would speak out and I would say, you know, the march, it's troubling to me because the creators of the march are really the ones that believe in Sharia and believe in anti-America. And they would fight me, they'd call me a liar. They would always like disparage me. But now it's coming out two years later that here it is, the women in America are marching for their bodies and they're saying, oh, I wanna be able to to have an abortion, I want to be able to have that. But when it comes down to it, the complete irony is the people that have the strings at the top are the ones that believe in female genital mutilation. Yep. Unbelievable. And I find that incredible. And that also they're anti uh,
1: part. And they're also anti death penalty. So, you know, they uh, they they don't want to they don't want to kill the the guilty, but they're sure as hell to kill the innocent in abortion yeah. up to 9 months. It's unbelievable. Now, when you say these, there's a lot of
4: uh, hypocrisy and a lot of. uh, I think uh, uh, it's a big. I don't know puzzle, puzzle, so to speak. I don't have the answer. I think it's political. I think it's. uh,
1: I think it's uh, political bipolar. When you're politically bipolar, where you just want to feel good, not do good, Mm -hmm. then there's liberalism right there. Because if you want to feel good and not and not do good, then sure, you're you're for green technology. You're for the Tesla car. You're for the windmills um the power mills, but then you have to ignore the birds you used to protect, and you have to ignore the fact that there's going to be a junkyard full of Teslas one day right next to a river. So imagine all these cadmium batteries right. stacked up and rusting in Pittsburgh, in Philadelphia, on Miami River, and then what happened to the clean water you fought so hard for? So it's a bipolarity, and I call it the progressive virus. It's like a computer... You know, uh, a computer virus, not a bi- It is a
4: big problem. I do, though, want to mention something that I am trying to figure out, and maybe you might understand it because I don't. Um, When I deal with different organizations and I'm trying to figure out why it seems like what I mentioned before, like ADL and Southern Poverty Law Center are conflating uh, right-wing extremism with left-leaning and uh, Islam, when I look at the maps, I see that all of the extremist extremist dots are coming up as conservative sites. That, to me, is very troubling, because if a conservative site is actually analyzing what's happening with Islam, and that is considered hate. I don't see that we're really in a position that we can have a dialogue.
1: Um, yeah, so- we, oh, we almost took too long to fix this, because we we really did allow the media to be controlled by the left, because even the, the right-wing stuff that people mention are right-wing, they're actually fascist in nature, which is... Yeah. Socialist. Socialist, yeah. Yeah,
2: Karen, yeah, one of the things exactly. that happens is that...
4: Um, there was a, a Hasidic man in Brooklyn who was assaulted while walking to shul, and a Muslim taxi driver exited his car, and it was you know in Brooklyn, and he raced over to him, and he was screaming, Allah, Allah, I hate Jews, I hate Israel, and shockingly, this incident was categorized not as a hate crime, but as road rage. This is the part of the stuff that I'm trying to investigate, trying to figure out why a kid that's wearing a hat and I'm not even this is pre what happened this week. Uh, he was wearing a, a MAGA hat, and he was in, uh, you know, a hamburger joint. And somebody came in and saw the MAGA hat, and yeah, yeah, blue, right. sprayed
1: water in his face. Yeah, yeah, no, he soda. And he
4: was on TV, and this was months ago. And I remember, right. I think it was Tucker, maybe one of them. And they asked him, like, what kind of crime was it? Do you know what they put it down as? They put it down as a larceny because the guy took his hat as he was screaming anti-Trump epithets. So I wonder. What's going on with how we are reporting hate crime? Well, that's po- I would like to investigate that, because I think that is the biggest um, uh, explosive expose that a journalist should do.
2: Well, we're going to do that in a, a next month, and that is not just hate crime, but the, the under-reporting of certain crimes, especially urban crime. And mm-hmm. Parkland High School is a good example of that. Uh, the crime mm-hmm. that was being committed... Uh, by the the youth in uh, Fort Lauderdale and and in uh, Broward County was not reported. So the shooter, even though the police went to his house 39 times, had no criminal (laughs) record.
1: Yeah, it was uh, was an Obama uh, law. Obama was asking for underreporting of crime in order to get federal grants the public school system. That was the
4: promise program. Right. It's, uh, it's absolutely. It's called the shanda in Jew, Jewish. You know. It's a terrible thing. You know. It can also be free speech if you criticize Christian and Jews and hate speech when Muslims are criticized. There's so many different. Uh, you know. duplicities.
1: Yeah, but but one thing, one thing you have to
4: to be discussed, and now what scares me the most is if I raise my hand, and by the way, there is like this trend now that in college, I go to college like three or four times a week, and when I'm on college campus, I see that when I raise my hand in Q&A, they're very, very selective. They're starting to use index cards so they can cherry-pick the the questions. And I'm starting to be troubled. I went to an Islamophobia um, uh, at FAU. They had a, cam- a campus um, event. This was a few years ago. And one guy got up, and he actually said in front of everyone that he believed it was an like an eye for an eye like you chop off someone's arm um and that would be like if you do a crime you know if you steal that's the way to do it and i figured that is where the journalists were going to report but they didn't say anything about that but when they did do the report they said that they were right-wing extremists i didn't see any right-wing extremists i thought that for the most part everyone was very behaved but it's all how we report
1: these incidents yeah the talking parents mm-hmm. yep yeah, yeah the talking parents it's it's almost a seem they that they go to these generalism schools and they get these scripts in order to graduate this is how you're going to uh, talk I think about it's these very sad som-
4: that our kids are put in positions that when they get out of colleges they are hating america and they are hating israel well guess so- what you know
1: what's going to happen to those kids unfortunately food lines because they're going so to they be- don't
4: realize that then is next and and that is the part when acasio i would love i don't even know anything and i would love to get up on tucker and get acasio and me not anyone that's really all that first but i'm trying i try to do my research when i write articles you know and i would like to just be able to speak to her not anyone like that has, all. you know, you have a lot of people that were on today and they have many, many more years experience than me. I'm just trying to figure it out in 10 years, you know, so you could just only imagine. Um, but yet I will definitely be able to debate Acasio and ask him some key questions. Like, why are you living the life of a capitalist and telling all of us to be socialists?
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable. Be the number
4: one question.
1: Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's the Bernie Sanders syndrome, criticizing yeah, capitalism. You've yeah. got two homes, three uh, three sports cars. You know, See, yeah, the yeah. The French I, call I, I just find Ca- the whole thing caviar. The, caviar I caviar liberals, caviar liberals, or
2: caviar socialists.
1: Well, thank you for your enthusiasm. Limousine, that was very uh, That was very that was well. terrific. Good luck to you. Yes, uh, and keep it up. And, and please call us back when you say that the, you go to these uh, current events. Uh, is this is it like a forum or is it the title of? A, no, it's, it's current events oh, so at the. It's gated in my community. condo.
4: We have like a, you know, one group that's a current event group. But you know what I decided to do as an activist? Now I go to different communities and I have friends that invite me into their communities. And they're all left leaning, all Jews. And uh, I shouldn't say all. There's a few that are not. But I will always sit back and I will let the conversation, you know, go into whatever. And then I raise my hand and I give my conservative point of view. And then uh, what 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 I notice is I don't change any minds, but what I do do is get the one conservative that sits there and is silent and keeps it in and really feels like they don't have the courage to speak out, what I do is embolden those people to be strong enough and courageous enough to give their opinion. Because once their opinion comes out, the left have nothing. Because let me tell you, in my current events class, the left left. Once I started speaking out and giving my opinion, because I don't moderate all the time, I like to be in the audience. And when I do, oh my God. the the only thing they have is they can call me names but they don't have empirical information
1: absolutely there's nothing like courage because it stiffens the spines of others and we so thank you I, we thank I, you for I that hope
4: that one day Tucker gives me a call and says, you know what, Karen, I would like you and Ocasio to get on, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and the two of you can um, do a debate. Because I moderate debates. I always have someone on the right and the left. And I have had Alan Bergstein on the right, and I have had uh, Rabbi Barry Silver, and he's been on the left, and we've discussed these things. So um, I hope that maybe I'll get a chance to debate her.
2: Well, we'll be proud that you got your start in media on
4: WSQF 94.9. Well, I never spoke to a radio show before, so thank you very much for uh, hosting.
1: There no, you we're go. We're definitely concrete in our conservatism. Come Sergeant. on
2: down visit us down in South Florida.
1: And you're definitely you qualified to be a, a concrete conservative along with us. So thank you very much. Thank
4: you so much. Be Take well.
1: Care. So that was... Karen Besner.
2: She is up in Boynton Beach. She is... Spreading the wings of conservatives Absolutely. among the Jews. Absolutely. See, there are, we had four Jewish conservatives called That were who called super in,
1: hyperactive. And we've heard and that
2: there are a couple more in the state, so that's good.
1: Thank God, man. People are out well, there. Well, that's a
2: good thing. You know, Jews are very articulate people, so when you get them on your radio show, they just talk away.
1: And that's, uh, it's, it's been an incredible. We <laughs> don't want to make too many
2: stereotypes. Right? It's yeah. been
1: incredible radio today here on The Concrete Conservative in memory of the Holocaust Memorial, and uh, it's really invigorating to see conservative Jews really, really going at it. You're and speaking that, out. That's what I call the good old-fashioned bring it. So we're going to bring it now with George Harrison. I got to get you, I got to get my mindset on you. He's a Hindu. You. Yeah, got to get my mindset on you. So see you later, my folks. We're now getting ready in the next five minutes, we're going to have Statues and Stories with Adam Levinson. Yes,
2: we're going to be talking about mercantilism in the 16th and 17th century.
1: So we're going back in time, and we're going to find out how Samuel Adams and John Adams really made their money. How about that? There's always a racket in every story. George Harrison, got my mind set on you.